Welcome to the Marriage by the Book podcast. Whether you have a great marriage or one that needs improvement, this is the show for you. Since 1994, we've used biblical principles to help hundreds of couples, just like you, find relationship success. As you listen, you'll get practical tips, knowledge, and motivation that will help bring greater intimacy and happiness to your marriage so that you can enjoy the relationship you've dreamed of. And now, this is Marriage by the Book. Hello and thank you for listening. Today I want to talk about a popular marriage topic, uh, and that's communication. And uh, also, toward the end, we're going to answer a question about what to do when your marriage has grown stale, okay? Think about that. Stale. Do you throw out your marriage like stale bread? Or is there a better answer? Well, here's a spoiler alert. There is a much better answer. So that's awesome. So I want to kick off today talking about communication with a, a story from mine and Rebecca's relationship several years ago now, probably at least 15 years ago, probably more than that. Um, actually it was more than that, I'm sure. Anyway, um, it was winter time and cold weather, etc. And Rebecca had bought these flannel sheets, you know, flannel sheets keep you warm, right? So Rebecca had bought these flannel sheets and folks, these flannel sheets were pink. So uh, we were in the, uh, bed one night getting ready to go to bed and Rebecca, like she had the sheet and Rebecca can be a little bit of a cover thief. Sometimes she'll steal the covers and I'll wake up, you know, maybe with with uh, not as much cover as I had started off with. And anyway, this particular night, she did that. She rolled over and she took the pink sheet with her. So I said, Rebecca, you're hogging the pink sheet. And she sat up and she looked at me and she said, what did you say? And I said, you're hogging the pink sheet. What did you think I said? And she thought I had called her a hog in the pig sheet. So, Big difference. So communication can be uh, uh, problematic in marriage. It, you know, sometimes you can be misheard or misunderstood or, or whatever it is. Communication can just be a, a deal. So I'm sure you've experienced this. So we've got some answers for you from the Bible today. But, you know, some people talk about how communication is the biggest problem in marriage. And I'm going to tell you, it's really not. It's not the biggest problem in marriage. Um, and in another episode, we'll talk about what the problem in relationships is. But I will tell you this. Um, the way communication is used causes problems in relationship. Um, so we can either use communication to get our way, or we can use communication to learn and to serve the other person. And really, that's a key for us. You know, I'm going to get into the, the keys for communication here in a minute from the scripture in James chapter one. But, you know, first uh, Corinthians seven, verse four in the message Bible says something very interesting. I really like the way it's put. It says that marriage isn't a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other whether in bed or out. Now get that. Marriage isn't a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, that's your spouse, whether that's in bed or out. So marriage is a place of service. Our communication should really be more about serving them and helping them than trying to get our own way. So usually that's where we run to trouble with communication, how we're trying to use it, okay? And I'll tell you something else about communication. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Rebecca and I traveled just this past weekend to Colorado. We went to Andrew Womack's uh, minister's conference. We actually taught a workshop there. But 
uh, in traveling, you know, in the airports and on the planes and a lot of other places as well, you have to wear masks because of COVID-19. And I don't think I'm the only person this happens to, but, but wearing these masks when I'm speaking to someone makes it harder for me to understand what they're saying. Okay. And, and that can be frustrating. Okay. I guess there, you know, in addition to hearing, we're seeing what people are saying with them. Maybe we're all a little bit of a, maybe there's a little bit of a lip reader in all of us. I don't know, but it's just easier to understand when I can see the person's face. So I'd be interested. If you have the same issue, let me know. Shoot me an email, info at marriagebythebook.org and say, you know, I have the same thing going on. I'd be interested to know that. Anyway. Communication is, is difficult anyway. It seems to be harder nowadays. So words, you know, what we say to each other is important, right? I think you would agree with that. There's this playground saying that you may have heard when you were a kid. I'm sure you probably said it. Um, it's sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And I'll tell you something. I completely disagree. I think it's actually the reverse. You know, you'll recover from the effects of stick and sticks and stones. You'll recover from that much more quickly than words spoken to you. You know, words spoken to you on the playground or by your parents or siblings or whatever growing up or by a spouse in your adulthood can have much more lasting effect, whether it's positive or negative, than sticks and stones, okay? So it's really important what we say to each other. You know, words evoke lasting emotional responses um, and feelings and associations, okay? They affect how we see ourselves, okay? And they also affect how your spouse believes that you see them. So the things you're saying for your spouse is conveying, this is how I see you. This is how I value you. So we really need to watch what we're saying. So communication is really important. You know, the Bible says to let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only what is necessary. I'm sorry, only what is beneficial for necessary edification. Okay, so we want to use our words, what we're saying, to edify other people. Okay, so... Let's talk briefly here about communication. And I'll, I'll say this. I want to just share another story, actually, while we're at it. This is one. Rebecca and I were living in Atlanta. We don't live in Atlanta anymore. But several years ago, we were living in Atlanta. And uh, it was winter time, and we had a blizzard, okay, a blizzard in Atlanta. What that meant was about eight and a half inches of snow, and Atlanta has, at least them, they didn't have any snow plows. Maybe they had one, but it sure didn't come through our neighborhood. So we got snowed in, and we were snowed in for about three days. And, and after, I don't know, a day and a half of that, I told Rebecca, I said, you know what, I'm going to walk down this convenience store over here. It was, I don't know, several hundred yards away or something. I said, is there anything you want me to get? I was going to walk over there and see if they're open and wondered if she wanted me to get anything for her. And she said, bring back some chocolate. So I went to uh, uh, the convenience store there and walked in. I was looking around for some chocolate. They were open. I'm looking around for chocolate. And I found a package of Oreo cookies. So I thought, hmm, says right there on the package, you know, chocolate cookies with a cream filling. So I picked those up. Brought it back to Rebecca and handed her the chocolate Oreo cookies. And she looks at them and she says, this isn't chocolate. And, you know, we got into a little bit of a heated discussion, maybe not a full-blown argument, but a little bit of a discussion about whether Oreos were chocolate or not. So I found out, you know what, Oreos aren't chocolate. So, again, communication, it can be an issue. Communication, we can use communication to learn 
our spouse to learn about them, what their likes and dislikes are, what chocolate is, etc. So it's important to know these things. Communication is important. So anyway, let's go to James 1, 19 and 20. And I'm going to read this to you from the New Living Translation. Okay, now again, these are keys to communication. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. You know, God wants our marriages to be right, okay? He wants our marriages to be good. God wants you to have a happy and successful awesome marriage okay and human anger is not going to lead to that and communication can cause anger probably we've all experienced that as well so there are three keys given in this scripture for effective communication one is be quick to listen you know when your spouse is talking listen to them don't read the paper uh, don't be on your device looking at the scores or or whatever it is don't be watching television or doing something that takes your attention from what they say. You know, listen to them. That's what that scripture is telling us. Be quick to listen. Okay. The second point there is be slow to speak. You know, be quiet until they're done talking and then respond. You know, I'll tell on myself here. I have a bad habit when somebody's talking to me. I tend to listen until I think I know what they're going to say. And then I begin, I kind of check out mentally a little bit, maybe more than a little bit. And I start preparing my answer, okay? And maybe before they're done talking, I interject my answer to what they're saying or my response, okay? And that's, I shouldn't do that. Too often we decide, hey, I've heard enough of what you're saying. I know what you're going to say. And then we cut them off to put our own two cents in there, okay? Well, that's that's what that scripture is talking about. It says, yeah, first point was be quick to listen. The second is slow to speak. So I had to be quiet until they're done talking. I shouldn't start preparing my response until they finish talking, until I'm sure I know what they're going to say. And there again, midway through what they say, sometimes we stop listening and prepare our response. But we need to listen, okay? So be quick to listen. Be slow to respond, okay? Number three, the third key here, is be slow to get angry. Don't get mad. Have have you ever been talking to your spouse and you're tempted to get mad? Maybe you're more than tempted to get mad. Maybe you got mad, okay? So don't get mad. And that can be hard. I remember years ago, there were times when Rebecca and I would be talking and she'd be telling me something that I didn't like. Maybe that's happened to you. Probably has. But under my breath, I would be thinking about this scripture right here. I was applying it right to our relationship. And I would be saying under my breath, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get mad. And, you know, sometimes I'd say it loud enough, maybe maybe a little bit on purpose, where Rebecca could hear me, and she'd get mad. <laughs> it was, we were a trip. Anyway, but, you know, you can control your anger if you want to. An example, Rebecca, you know, some people say, well, I just can't control my anger, and that's just not true. An example Rebecca used, and this is kind of uh, Rebecca uses, and this is maybe a little bit of a drastic example, but people who say they can't control their anger if somebody was holding a gun to their head they could control their anger it's just a matter of whether they want to or not whether they have incentive enough to or not so people can control their anger if they want to and again it's kind of a drastic example i pray that you're never in that situation for sure but anyway um so again three keys there in that scripture be quick to listen be slow to speak 
and be slow to get angry. You know, all those points are telling us to be mindful as to how we hear, okay? We want to, again, listen, don't speak, and don't get mad. Be mindful about how we're hearing, okay? And there's a scripture, it's kind of a counterpoint to this one. It's in Proverbs 15.1 in the New Living Translation again. It says this, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So that scripture there is telling us to not only watch, you know, the first one, James 1.19, is telling us to watch how we hear, but Proverbs 15.1 is telling us to watch how we speak, okay? A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger, okay? I love this example that I heard years ago. I forgot where I heard it. But um, with communication, imagine you're carrying around two buckets, okay? One bucket is full of water, and one bucket's full of gasoline. And you're talking to your spouse, okay? And sparks begin to shoot, okay? Now, with your words, with your response, you decide which bucket you're going to toss on the sparks, okay? With your words, you, yeah, with a soft answer, you toss the water onto the sparks and extinguish them. A soft answer turns away wrath. But also with your words, you can toss the gasoline onto those sparks and cause a, just an explosion, a fire that's going to be destructive, okay? And like it says in Proverbs 15.1, a harsh word stirs up anger. So with your response, you decide, which of those two buckets you're going to throw onto the fire. So that's, that's the, what I wanted to talk about with communication today. So be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry from James 1.19. And also from Proverbs 15.1, give a soft answer and turn away wrath. Toss that water on those sparks rather than a harsh word that's going to stir up anger, okay? Now, I've got a couple of questions I want you to consider, and that's this. What's God saying to you? I believe you know we're in this podcast we're we're teaching word God's word to you. You're hearing the word of God and God's speaking to you. So what is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? Take just a few seconds and think about that. What's God saying to me in this and what am I going to do about it? You know, it's not the word you hear that makes a difference in your life, that makes a difference in your marriage. It's the word that you do. And that's really important point. And James, I want to read James 1, 22 and 25 to you. James 1, 22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So if you're just hearing and expecting that to make a difference, you're fooling yourself, okay? Verse 25 says this, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So if you just do what you hear, that's what's going to make a difference. So take what you've heard today about communication from the Bible and put that to work in your marriage. Now, let's move on to a, a listener question. Okay, maybe some of you out there can relate to this one and get some pointers right here. Okay, here's the question. Our marriage seems to be stale. We love each other and it isn't like we're going to get a divorce. It just isn't as fun or passionate as it used to be. Is this just how it is after you've been married for a while? Okay, here's our answer. No, 
it definitely does not have to be like this just because you've been married for several years. Now, again, this is the actual answer that we sent back to this person. The truth is that marriage should get better and better from year to year, and that even includes the sexual relationship. There's a biblical principle that people become sensitive to whatever they give attention to and hardened toward what they neglect. Okay, a scripture that shows this, among others, is 2 Corinthians 3.18, and it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Okay, so we're beholding, and it says we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, You see there, as you give attention, you're changed. If you neglect something, you're hardened toward it. Okay. Let's continue with the answer. Almost without exception, people in your situation have given too much attention to things other than their spouse. It may be your career, your children, your house, your friends, serving in church, or whatever. None of those are bad, but they should not take precedence over your spouse. The solution? Focus your attention on your spouse. Focus more attention on your spouse, okay? Do it consistently, day in and day out. Go on dates. Make it a point to to make love. Do something fun together. Take a long weekend away by yourselves. Our MP3 download, Your Best Marriage Now, goes into a lot of detail on how to rekindle the fire, okay? Now, to further illustrate uh, that point, I want to tell you a true story about a wealthy businessman who'd been married for about 30, he'd been married actually for over 30 years, and had come to despise his wife, okay? Their marriage was bad. He'd come to despise her. She didn't care much for him either. So he decides he's going to divorce her. But he didn't want to just divorce her. He wanted to devastate her. Now, that's a terrible thing, but this is what happened. So he goes to his attorney. He says, look, I'm going to divorce my wife. I want you to draw up the papers, but don't serve them. Wait 30 days and then hit her with them. And what I'm going to do in the meantime during this 30 days is I'm going to treat her like a princess. I'm going to you know, take her out on dates. I'm going to open her door for her. I'm going to you know, buy her gifts. I'm just going to just just be really, really good to her and treat her like a princess. And then after that 30 days, we'll just hit her with those divorce papers and just blow her out of the water. So he did. He did all those things. He took her to dinner. He bought her flowers. He told her he loved her. He opened her car door for her. He just treated her, to, he treated her special during those 30 days. And after the 30 days, on the 30th day, okay, the attorney calls him up and says, hey, it's been 30 days since I drew up the divorce paper, so we're going to serve the papers today. Now, true story, the businessman's response was, no, no, do not serve those papers. Our marriage has never been better. Tear those papers up and throw them away. See, the point here is that he had not, for 30 years or whatever, they'd not been giving attention to each other. So even even when he started off with a wrong motive, it changed his heart toward her, and he fell back in love with her. He rekindled the passion. He got rid of the staleness of the relationship, and he said their relationship had never been better after 30-something years of marriage. You know, this is exactly what you need to do. Give that attention to your spouse. So many times the Bible tells us things like to put on love. That's Colossians 3.14. It tells us to be imitators of God. Ephesians 5.10 says that. It says to put on Christ. That's in Romans 13.14. It tells us to walk as Jesus walked. That's in 1 John 2.6. Why does it tell us to do those kinds of things? Because you're changed by doing the word of God. If you imitate God, you'll become more godly. If you put on Christ, you'll become more like Christ. If you put on love, you'll become more loving. And in doing that, 
you'll restore the fire that you thought was lost. Okay, folks, that's the answer to that question. And again, if you have questions, please send those to me. Hit me uh, at info at marriagebythebook.org.org. And my prayer for you today is that you'll apply James 1.19 in your relationship and you'll see your relationship blessed as a result. And everything will work out for your good and his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's Marriage by the Book podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and hit the subscribe button. For additional resources or to go deeper, visit marriagebythebook.org. See you next time.